0: Transportation Matters, the CEO podcast of Daimler Trucks and Buses. Welcome to our new episode of Transportation Matters. My name is Martin Daum. I'm the CEO of Daimler Trucks and Buses, and I hope all of you are well and healthy. Thank you all so much for being with us again. In this episode of our podcast, We want to talk about business partnerships and by doing so, we will also cover a very special kind of partnership. We will talk about cooperation with a competitor, so-called co-opetitions. No doubt, co-opetitions are not easy to deal with because they mean joining forces with another company that in most aspects remains a strong competitor. But if done right, co can offer huge benefits, particularly in the current area of transformation. That's why such partnerships with rivals have become a powerful trend in business and not just in our industry. And that's why also we at Daimler Trucks engage in co I'm glad that we've got the perfect guest to discuss all opportunities and challenges related to partnerships. Morten Lundstedt is with us today. Martin is the president and CEO of the Volvo Group since 2015. And I'm more than willing to acknowledge that he and his company are doing a great job. They are giving us a hard time in the marketplace. And I hope we are giving him a hard time in the marketplace as well. At the same time, we are now partners. Together with the Volvo Group, we set up a joint venture called CellCentric to make fuel cell technology ready for mass production. Martin, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Martin, from my uh, side as well. It's a big pleasure to be here and to be able to
0: to discuss these important topics together. How do you remember our first approach talking about partnership? What would be your story uh, if someone would ask you, you know, how the two of you got together?
1: I have, of course, a very strong memory of this, that it was in uh, Uh, In in 2019, where it was, uh, so to speak, a first contact around possible partnerships in important areas where we need to uh, accelerate the development in a variety of fields in order to succeed with the transformation. I think we all realize, and that is interesting because that was also pre-COVID, but also in addition to that uh, during now this uh, pandemic, the importance of really accelerating development for a more sustainable uh, society. And in that regard, it was an initial contact talking about how can we, in a smart way, uh, as competitors that we are, will continue to be, also form alliances to create platforms for the transformation. And since then, it has been uh, intensive work to really define uh, these type of areas and thereby also to create the next era of transformation uh, with
0: high speed and uh, high agility. Yeah, and I remember it similarly. I remember a talk we had about the problems in general for the industry, which we all know from our combined efforts on the ASEA side, that we have to look on combustion engines, that battery electric trucks are important, that fuel cell hydrogen will get important. And then when I thought about it, I thought, hey, there might be others with similar problems. We called and we immediately realized that we are thinking in the same direction. Yeah, so we looked at certain problems because this is a new technology that is potentially the easiest, where it's a level playing field between the two partners. But you're right in the today's challenge, like the climate change, would you agree with it? It's a global challenge and it's basically too big for just one company to handle.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we look now at the landscape, I think uh, our industry, and we have been clear also through uh, Asia and also uh, in other contexts, uh, talking about, I mean, the strong support of the Paris Agreement up to 2050, Uh, that we need to get to a net zero transportation system. And Mm. uh, in order to get there on a global basis, uh, we need to accelerate this transformation, obviously. And when we look into our industry, that is uh, particularly, I should say, also exciting. uh, Because I know we talk about two areas. We know that transportation logistics will continue to increase. And we see a number of megatrends playing in that direction. But increased transportation uh, in order also to cope with the planetary boundaries need to be considerably more sustainable. And mm-hmm. thereby, uh, in order to get to that level, and uh, we have been clear about that uh, together also, uh, by the way, you need yeah. a number of different things coming into the equation. It is about equipment available for that transformation. It is about infrastructure. It is about showing leadership and direction and it's about also for our customers to reach uh, what we call uh, total cost of ownership or parity that is close enough uh, and that could be based on different uh, shapes and forms and if we don't get there we will not have the transformation happening and we will not uh, support so to speak the the journey up to uh, Mm. a net zero society so I feel it's super exciting to be part in this industry and to be able to take a number of bold steps, uh, both within the Volvo Group, but also with partnerships to create the necessary platforms for the future.
0: And what I recently realized in discussions was that the politicians I talk with think still too much in national borders. Yeah, and the climate change is a global problem. Absolutely. Absolutely, as manufacturers, you had a global company. I would say there's nearly no country in the world where you don't sell Volvo trucks, and wherever you try to sell a Volvo truck, you will see that Mercedes or Freightliner is there trying to sell instead one of our trucks. Yeah, that means we are both truly global. I know from the discussions we had together when it comes to hydrogen, it is a European problem. It does not help if just one country in Europe, because our customers drive the trucks everywhere in Europe. We sell the trucks everywhere in Europe, just a Swedish or a German solution won't be enough to suit neither us, but more importantly, not our customers. Uh, absolutely.
1: And, and I think that is why this type of uh, uh, 3 equation is so important to understand. I mean, when it comes, in particular in our industry, also when our customers are operating uh, trans-European and in many cases also uh, on a global scale. Uh, you need to make sure that the platform for the change is there. Mm. And when we talk in particular about hydrogen, that has always been also a discussion that it will come in 10 years or something mm. like that. Uh, I've mm. been in this industry for 30 years now. And now I feel that we are closer than ever. There is a willingness from society, from the political leadership, but also from business realize that hydrogen will and have to play a very important role uh, as an energy layer for a sustainable and and, uh, greenhouse gas uh, free uh, future so uh, coming together here show direction has been a very strong motivation for us and together with that i should say also when we started to look into this opportunity from a technology uh, from a cultural aspect from a very clear parameter where we can create a partnership around the fuel cell development production scaling up Mm. and still allowing, uh, I mean, uh, strong competition, strong innovation from the different players. We uh, felt very excited about that opportunity.
0: Yeah, and when I think so, more like, let's assume we would be uh, 40 years younger and still work on university papers, yeah, and if we would have to do a case study about the benefits of a partnership, I think self-centric would have all the the checkpoints, you know, you can say in it. Therefore, it's potentially a showcase uh, for partnerships. For me, the number one issue is, but for me, not the most important one. We share the burden of investment, yeah? Mm -hmm. We have enormous mountain of investments in front of us. Instead of one drive line, we have to support three drive lines in the future It is out having higher volumes and so on and so on. So sharing investment. But that was for me, and I have to tell you, the least important reason. Yeah, I think that still could have been covered by us alone or, in your case, by you alone. Yeah, I think that, that was the one thing. The second one, and potentially you can elaborate a little bit on this, was sharing knowledge yeah, to accelerate. Yeah, There was a knowledge pool, not at Daimler Trucks, but at Daimler from 25 years of fuel cell. I think that intrigued you or, or convinced you what we have.
1: No, no, absolutely. And, and I mean, those are two very important factors. And also, as uh, we have discussed many times, We need also to show what is the direction for other players also to participate in this journey because it Mm -hmm. is a truly joint effort throughout the whole value chain, both with the different business partners or players in the value chain, but also together with society and and politicians, etc. So uh, for us, it was a a number of very strong uh, motivations and also that we could keep a very clear perimeter about the partnership so we can still... Uh, prevail with uh, the strong attributes of uh, what have made Daimler successful and what has made, so to speak, Volvo uh, successful by continuing the competition on a new platform. I think that is a perfect uh, setup for
0: uh, this type of partnership. They're telling the outside world we are really serious. And it's not just one company in Germany or one company in Sweden telling that. These are now two really important companies in our market giving a clear message, we are going together in this direction, we are damn serious. And then I would say scaling is something where our customers will benefit and scaling, not just because we have now a broader base for the power system itself, meaning cheaper variable cost. I think more important on the scaling side is for the infrastructure. Yeah? I think the energy companies wouldn't build an, a network just for one of us. Yeah? They have to get the feeling that the majority of the European trucking industry will move in that direction.
1: And, and I think, you know, it's interesting because I was uh, thinking about it the other day here when uh, we were talking about another uh, partnership that we are also intending to, to mm. form. Is that, I mean, think about the roads in Europe. Uh, we take that for granted. I mean, our customers, they are competing, obviously, in the logistical system with transportation, etc. But they are utilizing the same infrastructure. But they are still differentiating their, so to speak, offering, how they operate, what is their offer to their customers. And... The same here is so important now. What are the common standards and platforms we need to create in order to make this transformation happen? Because if we are serious about handing over companies and planet uh, in good shape to future generation, it's a high level of urgency. And therefore, the scaling, the time to market, and uh, the willingness to invest for all key stakeholders is for us the most important part here? Mm.
0: No, absolutely. Early July, we announced another partnership. In this time, even a three-party partnership. Traton, uh, the Volkswagen Group, with MAN and Scania in it, we partnered on the electrical charging side. Yeah, Another, I would say, huge step, uh, which took potentially the public by surprise. We take responsibility for the electric charging infrastructure. The question I get, very often ask, and therefore I ask now you the question, just curious to hear your answer to that, is why are you thinking it's worth both ways? Fuel cell, hydrogen on the one side for trucks and charging infrastructure on the other side for trucks. Yeah, Why are you going the both ways? Isn't that a, a waste of money?
1: Thank you, Martin. And I, I can say that we have been very clear about that also that uh, what we foresee uh, in the road towards a net zero transportation society is actually threefolded. We see that for certain applications, the internal combustion engine will prevail with uh, renewable energy then that can be utilized for very specific applications. That will be, as we see it now, up to 2040, decreasing, but still uh, a part of the equation. But on the upper side, it is about electric vehicles, either fuel cell electric powertrains or electric vehicles or battery electric vehicles. And that means that there are many different reasons why we believe that will happen. It's about, I mean, how will the generation of green energy look like in different parts of the world? Uh, What are the best fit for different types of applications when it comes to freedom to operate? uh, When it comes to uh, infrastructure of charging, etc. It's about the grid capacity for electric mm, in relation mm. to uh, other industries, other part of society. It's about the energy layers and to balance the renewable uh, generation or production of energy, also utilizing the layers of uh, energy storage. It is about um, a number of things that make us believe that in order to get on a global scale to a net zero transportation system, uh, it is not one size fits all, but it must, so to speak, in a smart way, complement each other. And that's the reason why, the, again then, these two partnerships are very important. These will create new platforms for uh, transformation, but also new platform for continuous competition among mm. the key players in the market. Uh, so um, I think we are convinced uh, that the two type of energy carriers are needed, and uh, the more, so to speak, clear we are about that, the better also we can cooperate with society, uh, with the political leadership, as well as uh,
0: business in these industries. Completely agree. This is exactly the reason why both companies goes in this direction. For me, comes on top more the macroeconomic part. Electric energy is today available, and therefore... I would say it starts with battery electric until 2025. For me, between 2025 and 35, the ramp up will be so steep that we need two systems. To bank everything on one system would be far too critical for our customers, for society, and for us as OEMs. And then post-35, when most of the vehicles will be uh, zero emission, I would say we have such a huge demand in the world for green energy. And the big question is, how can I store green energy over time? And exactly. how can, can I transport green energy over distance? The moment I have to put that into an agent, you know, into some product that is hydrogen. yeah. And the moment I have green energy in the form of hydrogen, it's for me easier to use it directly in the car instead of bringing it back into an electric grid, then charging a battery, and then driving the car. So in the post-35 world, it will be how does our societies will have enough green energy to run the planet emission-free? That is a key question, and that's beyond our trucking companies.
1: Absolutely, Martin. How does society operate today? We are utilizing a number of energy carriers. We are utilizing a number of energy sources already today. Uh, We are using oil, we are using gas, we are using coal, we are using nuclear and thereby electricity, we are using hydropower, etc. So already today there is a mosaic of different Mm. uh, sources of energy generation, sources of storage or transmissions. And what we see is that in order to get there, to complement or to replace some of these sources, and to make sure that we have a robust and resilient and competitive new mosaic of different energy systems our conviction is that hydrogen will play a very important role as we have talked about and electricity and electrification and in many cases those are just two sides of the same coin uh, but it must be
0: utilized in a smart way to get to our joint target of delivering paris Back to partnerships, the critics of partnerships, especially between competitors, say that it could be a violation of antitrust rules. Yeah? We could form something at the expense uh, of the customers. What would be your answer to that?
1: I mean, first and foremost, that must always, of course, be safeguard that this is not happening. And I mean, potentially it can be the case. But I think in this new world of transformation, we need to look at how do we make sure that our customers in the long run have the alternatives to continue to be competitive? And the first very important part is that they have choices in the market uh, that are, so to speak, uh, a number of choices of uh, partners to work with when it comes to their suppliers of, in this case, and transport equipment and uh, transport solutions. But secondly, also to make sure that those suppliers can actually uh, provide competitive solutions. And in certain areas now in this transformation, it will require speed, it uh, will require direction, it will require, so to speak, uh, investments uh, to create this new platform. And if you can find clear parameters of that, that is based on a a win-win for uh, the partners involved, but also Mm. for the players downstream, then I think that is a must in order to make this happen. I think it has been very good and efficient with the economic efficiencies when it comes to competition landscape that we have seen in Europe and elsewhere. But we need also to integrate the sustainability efficiencies into this equation by having the right type of partnerships to move industries, to move sectors to the next level in a competitive shape and form. And that's the reason why both the fuel cell uh, joint venture of cellcentric centric is shaped in the form it is, because that is uh, really still enabling the uh, future competition as our customers and society and consumers are expecting. Mm-hmm.
0: And absolutely. And I don't see how that would that reduce competition because already today we sometimes buy the same parts from a supplier and still there comes out two very distinct, different trucks. There is one big issue where we completely disagree. This guy over my partner today in the podcast thinks that Volvo trucks are the best trucks in the world. while I clearly think that Mercedes trucks are the best trucks in Europe. And this disagreement, I still will continue forever. And we will fight that out every day in the marketplace and the customer ultimately will decide.
1: I couldn't agree more uh, about the disagreement.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, and for the listeners who are not so deep into trucking, with Cellcentric, we get one part that is a source for electric power that is, in future, will be in both uh, trucks the same. But what happens with that electric power, you know, how it's distributed to the wheels, how the braking is, how the electronics is, where does the driver sit, what does he see on the screen on his dashboard, that is... Absolutely completely different in a Volvo to a Mercedes truck and the customer decides which features he likes better. That's just one part that we have then in future in common in our trucks.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, we are into the business-to-business industry. And I mean, the, the relations everyone has with their customers is based on a lot of different parameters. So uh, again, in order to be able to do the transformation, partnership will be the new leadership, but it must be in a way where uh, we are still allowing the, the competition and innovation from the different players, obviously.
0: When we were preparing cell centric some consultants uh, I talked with said 50-50 partnerships are very difficult to run. What would be your answer to that statement?
1: No, I think, uh, I mean... Uh... My experience when it comes to different type of constructs, I mean, you can say I have seen everything over my years. You have seen 100% acquisitions, you have seen 80-20, you have seen 50-50, 20-80, 0-100. And my conclusion is that it's never the equity participation that will be decisive for if a partnership in various shapes and forms will work. It is about a common understanding, believe in what should be done, why should that be done, how can that create a win-win for uh, the parties involved and for society and other stakeholders around. And then of course a a cultural fit into that. If that is not happening, equity will never uh, solve the equation. It is uh, the belief of what we need to achieve, of value creation mm-hmm. in the bigger scale, and it's the belief
0: on that this is a true win-win situation for mm-hmm. the for the parties involved. And I think that made our foundation of centric so easy because we had an immediate agreement on the key strategic parameters. Yeah, here we are absolutely in sync. Scale, speed, nimbleness, focus. Yeah, yeah and exactly. That, and direction uh, and also yeah. to, to society at large, as we yeah. said. So yeah. I fully agree. Hmm. When you look back to your experience, what is on partnership one of your worst experiences without naming names, certainly? And what can we learn going forward into the future from that?
1: No, no, but I think uh, what is always important is that you really pay attention to uh, I mean, the trust into the partnership, that you can trust uh, the partners that you're working with, that you feel that uh, we are working for that type of partnership and for the success of the partnership that has been, uh, so to speak, uh, formed and shaped. Uh, and when that is not clear and you start to feel that there are uh, more suspicious minds uh, around uh, the partnership rather than the clear target of succeed and the win-win and uh, the drive forward. Uh, then it is a drag uh, rather than a push mm. for the next level. So I think that is very important and that's the reason why it's so important to put in place a structure that uh, will build that trust and transparency for the different parties that are involved but also for society at large. Uh, otherwise it will just be... Uh, It will end up in a very
0: complicated and demotivational uh, situation, I think. Yeah, and for me, on top of that purpose, and you're absolutely right, and we have that with Sell Centric. When I look at my experiences of partnerships, which were more tricky, more difficult, we want that. You want that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's absolutely clear this is the way to the company and our people are convinced that this is the right way to go. This is a good strategic move. Yeah, so they are proud to be part of that movement. And I see that uh, the Volvo guys at CellCentric as well as the Daimler guys at CellCentric. They really see the benefit of working and doing that together and therefore pushing that forward. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, so today, and you've seen, this is really two partnerships. So you have not so much controversial talk or discussions, but this is on such an important agreement. Therefore, Martin, thank you so much for your open conversation. Thank you so much for all your insights. Anything you want to add at that point?
1: I think, uh, yes, there's maybe a very short summary. I think this is showing that uh, we are extremely serious about participating in uh, the journey towards... uh, net zero society that we believe that transportation will play a crucial role uh, that we will continue as you said Martin to be uh, very strong intensive uh, competitors in the marketplace but where it matters makes sense for uh, society and for our industry uh, we will also uh, make sure that uh, we have the right type of structures in place to drive that transformation so uh, uh, I hope that everyone that has Listen also feel that uh, this is our uh, real
0: target to drive this transformation for our society. All right. I think we could go on for much longer, but we need to conclude for today. Martin, thank you so much for that very open conversation and for all your insights. With that, I'd also like to thank everyone out there for listening. Please join us again for our next episode on Transportation Matters, because transportation truly matters for all of us. Until then, take care and stay healthy. That was Transportation Matters, the CEO podcast of Daimler Trucks and Buses. Our next episode will be available on the first Wednesday of next month. If you enjoyed what you've heard, share this episode and subscribe to Transportation Matters on your preferred podcast platform. You can do this by tapping the follow or subscribe button right next to the podcast title.